it's nice to hear your voice. I'm good. You How are too. you? Oh, my goodness. I'm okay. I'm okay. Well, give me okay, all the news. Anna. What's new? Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, thank you so much for doing this with me. I'm really excited. Um, <laughs> well, you know, we've been stuck in, like, this time capsule since March 13th, <laughs> Friday the 13th. Um, and we're, like, having the kids at home doing school here. And it's been cool. And we have not been – we have not caught COVID, which is great. Um, but it's just, like, a lot of work, you know. So yeah. I'm like, I don't know if you remember, I'm like a very anxious person and this whole thing has just um, been really, really hard and very worrisome for me. So I'm so sorry. So the book, I took my thesis, the, the writing part of it, and um, my my friend here, Candace Perry, which I think I've talked to you about before. She's this, the lady of the joint father. Um, who helped oh, yeah. me a lot with my research and stuff. She was like, oh, you should really pitch this to History Press. They'd probably really love this. They had done a book about, um, oh, my gosh, what is that weird meat? Scrapple. What is that weird meat? Um, they did a book <laughs> about weird. Scrapple. And it was but, uh, short, can yeah. we just say that is not meat? Whatever it is, it is not. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Meat. That is no <laughs> the mystery meat. Um, they did this book about Scrapple, um, and it was very successful. So she was like, it's a big seller. You should reach out to them. And I was like, oh, cool. So I reached out to them. And I was kind of just, you know, I had, you know, I had the book through Masked Off and they're like um, men and night publisher with Penny Allen and stuff. And I was just kind of like, there's no way they're going to go for this. But they wanted to pick it up. So that was really exciting. Right. So my thesis yeah. was like 10,000 words, 10,000 words. Okay. So the guy's like, oh yeah, we love it. We pitched it. They're so into it. And, and we want to give you a contract. And I like sign the contract and stuff. And then he's like, oh, but you need 30,000 words, not 10. And I was like, oh, my God. So it's like a historical story that's like grounded in fact and history. But with yeah, your, with your own narrative. Yeah. So okay. it's like me so. talking about, yeah, like my experience. Like she talked about her experience with Scrapple. And I'm talking about my experience with Pennsylvania Dutch Design, which is really, oh, really I awesome. See. And exciting, and I could have very easily just switched the thesis from, like, a, a scholarly paper-sounding thing to, like, a historical narrative um, tone, but it's the increase in, in amount of words that made me worry. So I said to him, well, I'm going to add a bunch of uh, interviews. So then that's kind of how the the podcast started, because I, I really don't... I really don't like spending a lot of time doing the dictation thing where, like, you record something and then you have to sit and type it all out, you know? So I found, right. um, I love technology. So this is what I did, Karen. I was like, oh, if I can record people, I wonder if there's a way to like get it into text, you know? So I found, it's called Otter AI. It's really cool. It's a website and it's artificial intelligence, like $9.95 a month. And you upload your MP3 file and it transcribes the whole thing. It's so amazing. <laughs> So, wow. That's how this whole thing started. Yeah. I and mean, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the gold mine. So literally I have like, I, I just finished editing like number 31 of interviews. And I'm like, this is way more than what I need for this particular project. So I'm doing like a larger product, project too about kind of, um, <clears throat> I, I don't really know like how to describe it exactly, but it's kind of like contemporary Pennsylvania Dutch people are like people with German roots. And like how they navigate the like kind of intersection of 
because around here it's really um kind of profound with like the older like real old school kind of Pennsylvania Dutch people and their like mindset and then like the newer Pennsylvania Dutch more contemporary but I'm like 40 so I'm not that new but you know what I mean like it's like a <laughs> yes, kind of are. way of thinking yeah it's not just a good thing for you but I mean I think it's a good thing for the culture in yes. general right yes yeah because the thing is I and I and I talked to my husband a lot about it because like after I do an interview I'll say to him like how it was exciting and stuff and I said you know it really feels like people feel like there's this sort of like invisible like gate they have to enter um and like pass get the right passcode for and it's not like that at all and it was felt like that for me when I came in because I was like part of the diaspora and like was not raised in the area but very very much Pennsylvania Dutch but I felt like there was like this secret club that they were like oh she's clearly an outsider and they wouldn't weren't going to let me in but truly it's it's quite imaginary because they don't hold much power it's clearly an actual thing and there are people that don't want you to enter but you really there's so many of us that they don't have the power that they used to have to like leave people out, you know? So it's really interesting. So that's kind of where well, plus, it's what, what would it benefit them to leave you out? Because it's not like the numbers of Pennsylvania Dutch are somehow increasing. You know what I mean? Right. It's, well, that's, it's, you got it. Well, that's the thing. It's very backwards thinking. It's, it's driven by ignorance. I really just know this very, very certain part of first county like Boyertown and Oli like that's where my family's from and that's kind of the only areas that I really know to try and dismantle like the things that are happening now and kind of break down some of the 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 ways in which we've gone so so much backwards you know I often think of like the way to do that is through the children and them being able to teach people in that way because they're not they're not brought into the world with these um with these uh prejudices or or feeling like differences, you know, not right, like right. And, and natural or way that, Yeah, yeah. And but I mean, I think every change that you know, society is changing. Even if, mm-hmm. like, I feel like right now the ugliest part of our of us is being exposed. But even yes. that is is causing more, you know, children to understand that they have to be the change. You know, when, when they look at their, just like when you were a kid and when I was, when I was a kid, seriously, there were two black kids in our school district. Yep. Right. Maybe, you know, I mean, it was like, it was crazy. My dad was superintendent of schools and thank God was very like forward thinking. This would have been in the early seventies. And he, um, you know, he raised us really and my grandparents even who were immigrants from Germany, you know, they raised us to this to just hate prejudice, right? Like it was an yep. ugly yep. thing that should be wiped out. And I think there were other people my age and, and then we raised our kids that way and the, those yep. the numbers of people who feel that way are increasing and that's where change comes from, I think anyway. Yeah. But it starts I as agree. a child. It's once you're an adult, that is ingrained in you, and you can't yeah you can't just rid yourself of it, you know. Yeah, that's it's very I true. It, I I completely agree with that, and that's the thing. Like, sort of, that's kind of why my mom left this area. I mean, her parents weren't like that. My my grandparents, her parents weren't like that. And then 
the great grandparents weren't like that, but like it was so much apart. Like in Boyertown, they had like KKK marches in the street, like when she was growing up. You know? Oh my I mean, word! Yeah, it was like their freedom to march and rally and gather and stuff. And I and I'm sure that made a huge impact on her and why she wanted to raise us in Bucks County slash like Bristol or their Philly area, you know. And so right. it's just interesting to then come back with that knowledge and know, like there are certainly still like, you know people around here that that think like that and people everywhere that think like that and it's just um you know but I think the numbers are more on our side of people that think more like this way and and that's why I feel yeah. like people are intimidated by what they think they're going to meet and it's really not not really the truth there's a lot of really good really good people doing good work within the culture to make it not feel that way yeah you know, feel like and I yeah you know yeah, yeah, I think that's wonderful. And I think, you know, what you're doing is important in that, um, you know, in that sort of through that kind of a lens. I think, you know, thinking about how it's going to affect not just your kids, but their their whole generation is is yes. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Yeah, I had yeah. to step away from it a little bit because I did get met with some of that nonsense and I just had no time for it I mean I'm, I'm sure you remember like I was doing that project and they were like trying to not pay me and then like they were like making comments about what I would wear to meet the lady and stuff and I was like what the hell and at the same time I was like going to grad school with all these amazing female teachers that are like building me up and empowering me and then at the same time kind of like having this disconnect in the same exact time and the same exact place of like how to be treated or treat people and it was really kind of strange and awful and I had to like spend a couple years I didn't stop making the art but not dealing with that kind of ugliness it just I just really was like fed up with it I mean so it's a little tricky but yeah well I'm glad you pushed past that because it's not you know it's sad to think that that any you know it's sad to think that something could stifle art in any way shape or form yeah you know yeah I mean it's yeah it's just it's tricky but I just I realized you know this one group doesn't hold the key to everything and, and they can't take you know it took me so long Karen to like find who I am that I'm not gonna let anybody like take that from me all you know it's just good girl and, yeah and you work go. yes yes <laughs> you had a huge you know, to wrap it into like sort of what I wanted to talk to you about is you had a huge impact on me in that way and in having that confidence and like, you know, being able to say, you know, I'm valuable and the work that I do is valuable and, and I need to earn a living and I need to, um, you know, demand respect in that way because there's no instance where anyone should really be doing free work unless it's something that they're doing uh, pro bono and as a way to uh, give back or something, you know, it should never even be a, an option to be treated right. that way. So that meant a lot to me that you really helped me through that. Um Aww. And, well, I'm yeah. I don't even recall, so it was no effort on my part. But I'm <laughs> glad that it. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> it's just who you are. So you, you do it all the time. So it's probably just like it's just what you do, you know. No, I try. I try. I was going to ask you about your work, and then ask you about um, your background. I do have some Pennsylvania German like history, which I can talk about a little bit, but mostly, you know, my Pennsylvania German is recent, like my family moved here in the 1920s. So it's not right. really Pennsylvania Dutch. It's, do you know what right, I mean? Right. I don't know how to say that. Yeah, and I, I lived do. in New York no, yeah, City whatever. for a long time. And yeah. 
But yeah, I do, not, you know. Yeah, it's not particular to just Pennsylvania. That's, no, 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 you're fine. It's more like, I think, um, it's like a historical narrative, even the broader project that I'm working on. So you impacted my study and my um, research so much um, just by being open to it. So I, I was going to kind of approach it in that way. But then also, you know, the things that you would share about your family, like um, the similarities between the German stuff and the Pennsylvania stuff. So that was really cool. And I've interviewed a couple yeah. of Germans too. Um, <clears throat> so anything you want to share, it's really, really loose and, you know, it doesn't have to be tailored to Pennsylvania Dutch, but I did always notice and really appreciated that you were open to us exploring that and other students have explored it as well. And I really appreciated that because there were some faculty members that were very, very close to it. And I'm not going to like bring that up, but I did want to highlight that you were very open to it. And, and I really appreciated that so much because it, it gave me the freedom to explore um, within the safety net of the school and the program and you as my advisor. So it helped me very, very much so to build a lot of confidence and empowered me as a scholar and also an artist and designer. And I felt like, um, you know, your, your pedagogy. <laughs> Well, yeah, you can so, laugh because I don't really think I have a pedagogy, but okay. You really do, though, and that's the thing. It's like, it's so funny because I maybe just, um, sub what's the word that I want? Um, without purposefully intending to, I do project the way that you treated us as students onto my little people that I teach because there was such a compassion and a kindness in you. And it's not that you were, Aww. like, easy as a professor because you expected a lot but it was compassionate and it was the way that I think of as like an excellent educator to be is that you, you are compassionate and kind, but you expect a lot and you want to see a person have growth and a person reach their, um, you know, their, their best possible um, uh, outcome or, or project or, or, bring things into fruition. And a lot of the things that I did under um, your, your advisement and, and your being my professor in the courses really pushed the boundaries of what I would have ever thought of, because there was just something in the way that you would talk to us about it that just sparked something in me and, and made a lot of um, dots connect for me, which I thought was really cool. And I, I wanted to give you like, I wanted to honor you and pay you homage. <laughs> you really Aww. greatly impacted me, Karen, really. Um, and not just the thesis, even, gonna make the, me cry. even the, oh, well, you know, you deserve to hear this. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, I know it gets to be a lot and the pacing in college is a lot and it's always things move so fast, but you know, these are lasting impacts that you've had on people. And I know that Dylan feels the same way. And of course, Cynthia feels the same way. And those are the only people I talk to. So I'm sure everybody feels that way, but um, we really appreciate um, that time that you take that's a little extra, I felt, than other professors maybe had in their, you know, maybe they just didn't have the capacity to take the time, but you were always very patient and always was a very, very intent and, and great listener of things that were going on related to school and unrelated to school. So it made a huge impact on me and definitely changed the way that I teach as well. Um, so yeah. I wanted to let you know, yeah, I, I really mm -hmm. mean that. And uh, just letting us explore the things that, that we connect to. So 
Well, it means a lot to me. And I have to say, it's kind of a two-way street, too, when a professor, and you know this, too, when you have a student who has, you know, who's super creative and thoughtful and intelligent and really want, you know, is willing to put energy into the the work that, that you're producing with them, then then it makes your job easy, right? Then it's just like encouraging and 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 you were always that way. It was fun to work with you because you would come in full of ideas and energy and it was more about <laughs> reining you in sometimes than it was yes. about giving oh, you a definitely. path. We just had so many paths and were so full of amazing yes. ideas that it was always oh about you know, getting you on the straight and narrow so that you could meet a deadline, you know? But yes. I, you know, yes. and that 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 makes teaching <laughs> wonderful. It's when you have the students who yes. don't care, and you know this too. That is, that oh, makes I do. Oh, I part do. of it all really difficult. Although when you turn yeah. those guys around, that 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 that's really the the ultimate, right? When some kid who yes, it is who hates everything, <laughs> and then all of a sudden somehow you make them see that they can do it. Oh, that feels so good. But yeah, yeah that I is mean, a great feeling. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so funny that you... Sorry, go ahead, Karen. No, you go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say it's so funny that you mentioned that because I talk about this a lot, especially when I'm in IEP meetings for my daughter. Um, She and... Well, I as well, executive functioning is a real struggle, and I didn't even know what it was until I started going through this with her and watching her experience it. And just being able to actually organize things in a proper order to get them done and see them through. I did not learn how to do that properly until grad school. And so all of you, I have to thank for that. And, you know, it's interesting because I kept asking her teachers. And of course, as a teacher, I don't want to add to their load, but I said it would be really helpful if we could get like a syllabus for her for the semester so she could visually see what has to be done and when it needs to be done. And they kind of do it on Google Classroom, but it's not quite the same. And I think just working so intensely in such a small group and having to have that structure really helped, like you said, kind of pull me in and focus on one of the good ideas instead of a thousand okay ideas, you know? Right, right. And well, I think that's I mean, really important. Um, and that focus is important in general, isn't it? A hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And really, well, I would I mean, have like... I was saying sorry. I was just going to say, I'd probably have like 15 projects going at a time and never finish any of them before grad school, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You can take a walk through my house and see all of my unfinished <laughs> projects. I've, yeah, I, right. you know, I went out before Christmas and bought like all the scrapper because I was going to make masks. And, it's, you know, if we were on FaceTime, you'd still see the sewing machine sitting on the dining room table bouncing <laughs> me with a stack of fabric. But anyway, there's all kinds of little things like that that has that that I I'd like to finish, but I I haven't. And some pretty meaningful projects that I don't know why I just ditched at some point because I I lost interest. That's sad. I think I need to get I need to make, start making lists and getting some more, you know, executive decisions made. <laughs> yes, it's fascinating. This is executive functioning and. And I even yeah. told my mom she's moving, and I told her, make a deadline. Like, it helps. The deadline thing really worked for me yeah. with you guys, with the grad school professors, and just making that deadline and working backwards from that. It was really, really yeah. helpful. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, that's wonderful. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so I wanted to ask you also to share a little bit about the kind of work that you do um, for my listeners. Um, Karen was my typography professor, and then we did unconventional typography, and then she was also my thesis advisor. And at Kutztown, you're a professor in the communication design department, and you you mostly teach typography. Well, right. Now I'm not as much as I used to, actually. Um, oh, okay. I'm still teaching that grad course. It's called Unconventional Typography. Um, and uh, that's that. like such an interesting class. Well, I showed your work to my yes. students this semester, and they were all completely intimidated, and they should have been. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that was so, the coolest. Uh, it really was the coolest. Um yeah, and now I'm teaching, um, they, they've changed our curriculum a little bit so that I'm teaching some different classes. I'm teaching um, identity systems, which is basically a visual branding class and um, oh, wow. a public publication design class and <clears throat> an intro to typography, which are the sophomores who I, I love working with that, that, yeah. that age. They're, they're just awesome. Yeah. So, yes. yeah, so that's what I'm teaching now. And then I'm also in charge of the internship program. So I, um, oh, I, yeah. over, you know, I, I place the thing about Kutztown that's a little different from most internship uh, school internships is that if the students keep a certain GPA, we provide them with an internship experience. They don't have to find their own. So that I spend a lot of my time like, yeah, looking for internships for students, which I love doing too. So. Yeah. And then I'm in charge of the uh, American Institute of Graphic Arts, which is the um, the club on campus for students. It's also a professional um, club for designers. And um, yeah, and so we we have all kinds of, we're having a speaker this week who's an illustrator for um, Pokemon and Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, wow. So that's, that's kind of interesting. And we've been doing, in quarantine, we've been doing yoga for designers. Oh, and yeah, like we're we're trying to do things, um, you know, for the students. A lot, I would say, probably eighty percent of my students are are home. They never moved back to campus, or they're just in their apartments and don't actually right. go to campus. So we try to do some things so we can have some sort of social interaction for them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I think that's it in, in a nutshell. What I do at school. Yeah. I mean, how would you say the kids are doing with that? Like, are they doing okay? With well, they're such... not socializing as much. Yeah. I mean, some kids, it's just like your children and mine. Like, you know, some of them right. are thriving and others yes. really, really hate it. So there's, mm. it's, it's, it's time for us to get back, you know. Yeah. But the truth is, I yeah. feel like our field is also changing. And I think a lot. Yes. Yes. A lot of people will want to keep working. I was just speaking with an alumni yesterday who said, you know, I'm so much more productive at home than I yes. ever was in the office. And, I, yes. you know, I think that when I go back to work and I get back to my, like, routine, my employers are going to be very disappointed in me because I just can pump out more work at home. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it's very think, true. We're going to change. I mean, it's even better for the environment that we're not all driving to work every yes. day, right? So, yep. yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I yeah. Think big changes are ahead. I hope so. I really hope so too for um 
for um, public school because there needed to be a change. And this really was like an earthquake for it. I mean, it's just, it needs to change. And hopefully there will be some change because of it. And it will be for the good because there are are all kinds of learners. And some, some people do really well with this and some people don't. And, you know, to honor both sides is very important, I think. Um, But that's good to hear that not, you know, it hasn't been an awful experience for people because I know one of the best things about my KUCD experience was getting to know the professors very well. And, you know, we got to know you guys very personally and became friends with a lot of you. And there was a level of counseling often (laughs) for us (laughs) and the younger kids. And and that face-to-face interpersonal stuff is really, you know, hard to hard to um, beat. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, you say that, but I, you know, I, I I had this amazing sophomore class in the fall and, you know, we went uh-huh. into the class knowing we were going to be online. So it was different than it was right. in the spring where we were thrown into it. We had no clue what we were yeah. doing. Right. And I, I have to say like that, honestly, it's one of the best classes I've ever taught. And it was, a, I never, wow. I feel that like I could, I've never seen any of those students face to face, which is so bizarre. That's incredible. But we we would spend a good forty five minutes sometimes really just talking about how they were because they needed somebody yeah. to talk to. And then I yeah. would, you know, find ways to still get all my work done. But I think that the you know, that that it um it it actually that particular class I was closer to those students than I was to any other class before that you're adaptable and you know we try to use different kinds of software and do different things to make it interesting and you know I've been bringing in you should come in once I've been bringing in alumni to to do critiques in my class and and it's really nice yeah oh absolutely that'd be awesome we'll do that that would be really really fun and uh, let's just um rewind just a little bit I want to talk to you more about unconventional types because I felt like it was literally like the perfect class for me because, you know, I had come in with an art education background, very, very little um, design background. I got a little bit at Drexel when I was a photo major in um, 1999. So I was very rusty and had to like learn Illustrator and, and, and um, I can't even think of what it's called right now. In design. In design. Photoshop. Yeah. And it was very painful at my age. It was like, it was painful. I don't know. My brain wasn't elastic anymore, but you were very, very helpful. And Melanie was very helpful with those programs. And, um, but when I got to the part where it was unconventional type, I was so excited at just the prospect of the part of it that was the unconventional. And I'm just curious, Krusty, did you come up with that class? Was that like a pitch for you? Um, and no, and that, how, how I wrote, did that I make? Yeah, I wrote yeah, that Yeah, I'm here. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yep, oh, yep, yep. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. I love all of it, all of the things that came out of it from everybody and just the whole concept. I just love it so much. And it really helped me feel like not so other sitting at a table with a lot of other graphic designers. And I was just sitting there like, it was like me and Ellie and we were like looking at each other like, oh, but we did okay, I think. But that was the class yeah, that was like, great. hey, here's an olive branch and uh, you're okay to do this. <laughs> well, it's, it's I really funny enjoyed because it. I, I have changed that class since you took it. I mean, that's been like three years now, I think, right? 
since you were since yeah. you took that class at least. Yeah. So I've I've had to narrow it down, and of course the program is so much different now because there's no journey it? week. It's it's a hundred percent online. So and oh, the, wow, the, really? the expectations are so different and yeah, wow. but it's still really good. And I'm, I'm so impressed all the time with what, you know, what they come up with. I had a student this, just this last week and um, the project was, you know, I give prompts, right? So every week there's a prompt yeah. and then you have to experiment. And this, um, this particular student, the prompt was onomatopoeia. And they were supposed to, like, think about sound um, being represented visually by typography. And he had this crazy idea to, like, I guess there's this spectrum of sound that, like, every piece of music you can turn to color. And so he started to, like, manipulate it with letter forms so that the music then when you play it back actually plays the letter form it's like so weird and above my head I don't even understand it but it's beautiful and so strange and completely unconventional and that's like when somebody does something like that oh man I feel like I you know I feel like there's there's you know there really is something new out there you know so yeah it's incredible yeah I mean you can always feel you must be always in in a state of learning because your students keep things so fresh because they come up with really great ideas. I mean, our program, yes. the program over there is amazing. And I was always really profoundly impressed with the younger people. Like I, when I was in school, they, I guess they were about 10 years younger than me. I don't even know. I can't even put that together. Maybe 15. It felt like we were just three years apart. <laughs> it was just so, for me, it was exhilarating to be around their energy and remember how much like life was art and design when you were that age and it was really really a great time in my life and then you know life happens and you lose that a little bit but it kind of reconnected me to that um that part of me that's not dead but sometimes just a little out of shape and you see exercise yeah. again you know um yeah I just had this conversation yeah I had this conversation with one of my present grad students who's uh, he works for Spencer Gifts, and he really loves his job. But he said, you know, it's it's so nice to just like play with design. And I remembered when I yeah. went to grad school, and it was the first time in probably ten years that I had designed something that wasn't for a client, right? And so, and I could really make things the way I wanted them to look. And it was just like, you know, they say like a breath of fresh air, but that's what it felt like, like just yeah. this new life like a new energy it was wonderful and you know you're good at this you just every once in a while you reinvent yourself so you can get excited about what oh, you're yeah. doing again right so yeah yeah things need to stay fresh for sure yeah um, and then the students the, um, keep you on your toes to do that oh my goodness I can't wait I hope I actually um my friend interviewed me and he said what's your a job you would like to do if you weren't doing what you do. And I was thinking, I, you know, I, I said education, but in a different way. And I hope someday to be able to um, work with kids at, at the university level. That would be really, really fun. I think once my kids are a little older, it would be a nice time to explore that. But I, I would love that. I just love being around them and just enjoying. I mean, people talk talk a lot of nasty stuff about, like, millennials or young people. And I, I just find their energy to be so excited 
exciting and it just gives me just so much more fuel to keep going and it's exciting to be around young people that are still super excited about art and design and life and <laughs> experiencing new things <laughs> I see I'm myself with you. really enjoying that yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, so, that's, yeah, I love like it. Like what keeps you going, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Karen, sure. you talked about the the work that you do as a professor, um, and I don't want to keep you too long, but I I would like to talk about your personal work as well, the stuff that you've done in design. Um, you've done some really beautiful book covers that I that you shared with us when we were in class with you, um, and if you could talk a little bit about the kind of design that you enjoy working on in your own practice, um, and a little bit about that. Well, um, of course, I like typography of any kind, and you're welcome yes. to go look at my website if you want to look at more of my work. Um, but oh, yeah. recently, for my husband um, played Santa and gave me for Christmas an iPad, and it's really changed mm-hmm. things kind of for me because I've been using Procreate and an Apple Pencil and just drawing a lot. So I started this series of illustrations that, um, like the cool thing about an iPad is you can, like you can enlarge what you're drawing. So you can draw something bigger and then shrink it down really small. So I've been doing these super um, detailed drawings. Like I just, the one I, the one I just finished is a bookshelf and there's probably, I don't know, maybe 400 books. And I designed, like, just made spines for every single one of those books. And it's, it's now I'm working on one that's seed packets. And so, you know, getting to just kind of play with typography and, and, um, and then draw flowers, which I love to do and just draw in general is really, really fun. So that's kind of what I've been doing most recently. And, um, I just finished a big pro- uh, project for one of my friends who, has started a chocolate business and she does bean to bar chocolates out of Boston and um, the company's called Sato S O T T O and they um, yeah she just finished we just finished this giant branding and packaging project that's super fun super fun to do yeah and a lot I still do a lot of pro bono work so you know my kids are both violinists so. I have a lot of violin contacts, so a lot of my work has to do with music, and I do a lot of pro bono work for music camps and um, um, music Suzuki institutes and things like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Karen introduced me to the Suzuki method, which is just incredible. It's <laughs> just so cool. And we had a wonderful teacher. Um, it was just a little far for us, and with with you know the financial strains and stuff but um i i miss it dearly i love the suzuki method so much and i wish we could apply that to learning <laughs> i think i might just use that as a model for the homeschool program well, you, that i'm going to write what? for my seventh grader <laughs> and i'll tell you we we have a wonderful violin teacher that my girl started with i think annalise was probably eight and helena would have been like five when we started um, taking lessons from Linda Fiore and she really watching her teach through the Suzuki method completely changed how I teach design and how I have you know yeah. the kinds of relationships I have with my students because she was just so patient but also really firm mm-hmm. and her uh, expectations yeah. were really high but she was also super encouraging 
like it was, it, she had this really amazing balance. And it's interesting because now my daughter's um, getting her Suzuki certification from her violin teacher, which is kind of a cool like circle of life sort of moment and so watching her teach little um little ones because it's all online now so I get to watch her be a teacher which is so cool and you know watching her do do that is I don't know it's just kind of you know very very satisfying and I feel like life is has a perfect purpose and yeah so anyway oh that's incredible um, which daughter is doing the teaching? That's Annalise. She's 23. She's oh, the one wow. who just, yeah, she she lives in Washington now, and she's um, doing a music therapy internship at the National Hospital. Yeah. Yeah, your kids so. have become incredible people, and, you know, I knew you only, you know, not too long ago, but it was always neat to hear your stories and a lot of similarities in the kind of parents we are and it was always nice to be able to run things by you um, <laughs> and I miss that a lot I miss seeing all of you actually very much but I certainly miss um, seeing you very much so and Maloney two of my favorite professors at Kutztown and of all time with all of the very very Aww. many professors I've had <laughs> well you know but, where um, I am and you can always you know once once a student, you know, and then graduated, yes. now you're a colleague and a friend. You're always welcome to give me a phone call. Oh, thanks so I'm much. I'm happy Karen. to hear from um, you. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. I can't wait to, um, when things are safer, to be able to stop in again and spend some time just catching up with everybody. Um, you all are a great group of people, and we really miss you guys a lot. Um, so I did want to ask you, um, before we wrap up, what is your favorite typeface. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so loaded. Uh, it could be now or forever. Question. I know. You That's know, tough. it's easier to tell you all the ones that I hate, but um, because <laughs> there's, you know what, there's so many typefaces out there right now. And they're, yeah. you know, like for me to say, oh, Garamond, it, it sounds so, um, like a little snooty almost, right? And I do love Garamond. I, I love, there are lots, you know, yeah, there's lots of typefaces. Yeah, but I, I mean, I love Futura too. And I, there's lots of those like standards. It's almost like classical yeah. music versus pop music. Like there's also right. tons of new typefaces that I really, really love. And so I don't know. It's um, the, the world of typefaces is, is very different right now because you can buy a really good typeface for $20 where it used to be, you know, I a know. good typeface would cost you hundreds of dollars. I you know. still can't get it's very wild. many good ones for free, but you can, you know, it, it's right. Uh, so I'm just, I really, really cool. have to say, I don't have a favorite typeface. It's whatever is beautiful at the moment. And all right, I'll just say I like the ones I draw by hand. So I like the non-typefaces a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That was was a crappy (laughs) No, that was a good answer. I was just telling somebody about Jessica Hish's project, how she propelled herself into, um, you know, she got so much buzz behind those, those, uh, the daily drop cap. Each letter. Yes, the daily yeah. drop cap. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was incredible. I forget who I was talking to. Somebody who was saying, you know, it's so hard right now because it's hard to 
keep people interested in your work on social media? And I said, well, you know, you have to just have like a really good, like not gimmick, but, uh, you know, a good idea that you can keep fresh and new. And, you know, like there's a lot of cool stuff happening, like Inktober and things like that. Um, Very, very cool stuff. But uh, that was a good answer. I like it. (laughs) Okay, good. And I will definitely hear I'll link your website. Well, somebody asked me the other day, like, what's your favorite artist, like, musician? And I was like, oh, my gosh, how much time do you have? Like, like that's kind no, of right. Yeah. Such a hard I mean, question. honestly, um, yeah, you, you could ask what's your favorite script or what's your favorite, uh, you know, yeah. serif, what's your favorite dance serif? I, I, and even then, I'd have trouble. It's, it was too hard. That would be very, very hard. Yeah. Of course, mine yeah. is going to be Proctor every time. Ah. <laughs> it's like impossible. It's impossible to read, so it's hard to Yeah, use. but there isn't just um, one typeface even in Froctor. There's hundreds true. and hundreds of different Froctor oh typefaces, yeah. right? And in, and and really, so truly, it's, it's not a typeface at all because it's, it, you know, know. In, in, in its pure form, it was hand-drawn, so that's not really yeah. a typeface. Yeah, and it's called, it's called Vorschrift in Pennsylvania German, or Pennsylvania. Oh. I don't know what it would be in German-German, but I, I actually Can just finished a man... Um, no. <laughs> I can send it to you. <laughs> okay. I know it starts with a V. It's a voice script. Um, oh. And it took me about 10 years v- to learn oh, how to say yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Four, we, like, voice script. Like, yeah, okay. So four Probably very similar maybe. in German. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So schrift is, is writing, and the four means, it, I mean, four schrift really is like the preface of a book. So I don't know. Four That's words? interesting. Yeah, like a forward, yeah, or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I yeah, wonder what the root really of that cool. is. I don't know. I should look more into that. But um, my German friend who does that kind of writing, it's called Schriftsteller. Is that right? Or Schrift, Schriftsteller in German. Okay. Schriftsteller. I don't know. I can't speak German or Pennsylvania Dutch. Forget about it. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Karen, before you go, I just did want to touch on... um. You know, part of how Karen and I came to be um, really good, we were able to work very nicely together. We we had a lot of things in common, and Karen has um, some German in her background, a lot of German in her background, I think. Um, yeah. And and there were a lot of similarities in in things that you experienced as a as a person growing up, and things that I was starting to uncover in um, trying to connect to my culture, my Pennsylvania Dutch culture. And that was really fun and neat to discover as well. As we were working on thesis, you'd show me some things that you'd find. Um, for instance, when you were much younger, you had drawn on that old printer <laughs> paper, um, this really yes. cool, like, crosser piece and oh laid it gosh, all out. Oh, my gosh, I can't, yeah. Yeah, it's still on my front porch, so but cool. I, I turned it around so no one can see the part I painted. Because oh my goodness, so I love it. I think That's I was so eight funny, years old. such a neat yeah. memory. Oh, and, and your yes. case for Karen Kresge, I'm staring at it right now. The keys are so wild. Oh my gosh, so, cool. so embarrassing. Why do you have that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you said it to me. <laughs> you were like, check Please out what I throw have. that away. That was. Oh my yes, gosh, but, but at that... eight years old. At eight years old, though, come on, that K is pretty impressive. Like, it's well, very, very. Okay, neat. you're you're I'm very impressed. sweet. You're very, very well, sweet. Well, you know, I'm a, I was 
I was thrilled my mother let me do that. Like, you know, in retrospect, that was, I mean, she spent money on that milk can. I don't, you know, back then it was that period in the, you know, the end of the 60s and the early 70s when, you know, Pennsylvania Dutch stuff was cool. And so, you know, she, she, and I was really interested in, she used to have tablecloths and, and the, the, Mm -hmm. uh, the Corel dishes that had that like little Pennsylvania Dutch sort of design on them. And, and because we had German in our history, I think she was, uh, you know, I mean, she was born in Germany. So, and we had lots of Pennsylvania Dutch neighbors. I think we were, you know, it was fascinating to her. So. She told me yeah. what she wanted on the can, and and I guess that was maybe one of my first real um, client jobs. And I had to sketch That's it out so on cool. paper and get approval, and then I was allowed to put it on the can. Yeah, it's funny oh now, but that story. Seriously, fifty years ago, right? Wow, but what a cool story, though. Yeah, it was very, very popular right around that time. Yeah, and that's what my Mm -hmm. thesis was about, which is why it was so cool that you were my advisor because you had that also familiarity with the actual time that it was like sort of within the period that I was trying to get a hold of. You were like, I I was old enough to remember that. Well, I mean, it was happening in the 80s, too, so I'm old enough, too, but um, it kind of died out then, and it's still such a mystery. So, I think so. You know what? My, my, I think that it's going to come back. My, my, I have all of my mother's that Corel wear with the little blue flowers on the front of it that look sort of Pennsylvania Dutchie, and my kids fight over them. They, they want them because they, oh, mom, these are so cool. well, you can have yeah. them. I think they're they're ugly, <laughs> but yeah, yeah very I mean, flexible. That's very yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it it it, it so all comes around again. It does indeed, and it's interesting too because a lot of people find kitschy anything repulsive, and a lot of people find it really um, visually appealing. You know, yeah. and I'm I, I'm on both ends. I like it and I hate it at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, I like some of it, and I like a lot of it, actually. And that, Me, know, too. Just, Me, too. Me, too. Yeah. <laughs> See, we have a lot in common. Yes. We do, Karen. Well, listen, I really appreciate your time. This was so much fun. And it's just I, so I know nice to hear your voice again, Rachel. You, I, too. You. you, too. Yeah. I immediately feel so calm. Oh, it has been really, really nice catching up with you. <laughs> well, don't let it be so long the next time, okay, Rachel? No, absolutely not. I'm going to come out of my black hole and be around more. But I'm excited to get this book together. And I think, um, you know, weaving in some of your insights here will be a lot of fun since you worked with me so closely in all of this um, and well, Kate Claire yeah. too. But you had, you know, you had more of like um, an, like a better knowledge because of your family and like living in Pennsylvania and stuff. She was just like, okay, I have no idea what you're talking about, but let's do this, <laughs> which was awesome too. But it was nice to have have you have some knowledge of it. So again, thank you for all of your help, Karen. Yeah, and it's my pleasure. I'm glad to hear you guys are doing well. It's not just the place; it was you in the place. Oh, thank I'm you. Just, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. I have absolutely. really good memories. All right, Karen. Take care. <laughs> all right. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye.